to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 375. If there's one place I think everyone should go on a cruise, it's Bermuda, and that is exactly where our cruise story takes us this week. Joe decided to head back there again in October 2019 and shares his experience on Anthem of the Seas. Here we go. One of my favorite places to go, and admittedly not a place I've been to all that often, but still on my top five or 10 or 20 list is definitely Bermuda. Love Bermuda. Uh, it's somewhere that is, I think, one of the best places to go on a, on a cruise that honestly gets a little overlooked, if you can believe it or not. And today we're going to be talking with uh, someone who is sharing a great cruise story from aboard a Royal Caribbean cruise that went to Bermuda. And of course, joining me on today's episode is uh, Mr. Joe Moran. Joe, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks a lot for having me. A uh, long-time listener, first-time contributor. <laughs> it's funny. Before this episode, I uh, yeah, I was talking to Joe, and I said, Joe, have we like actually like talked like outside of you know a message board or a Facebook post or something like that? He doesn't know this is the first time. So I've known Joe for I don't know how many years. He takes great photos, by the way, Joe. I'm going to tell you this on the record here. You take <laughs> excellent photos, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, this is the first time actually chatting here. So that's, uh, the, of course, the internet doesn't surprise me. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of a weird uh, distinction. Anyway, uh, as we, as I mentioned all that, uh, today, Joe, what cruise are we talking about specifically? Uh, so this was a five-night Bermuda sailing that uh, my wife and I took back in October of 2019 on Anthem of the Seas. Ah, yes. Way back last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before all the nightmare began. Right, right. So uh, no doubt, uh, if this were a visual podcast, Joe, this would be full of wide-angle photos. But since it's not, you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to do uh, that's a message board inside joke right there. Um, you're gonna have to do our best to uh, share. So where are we starting? How does this story begin? So we actually went to Bermuda for the first time back in October of 2018. And we loved the place so much that even before we left, my wife just looked at me and said, we have got to come back here at some point. And we got back from the cruise and we haven't made any plans to do anything further for like at least another year. And two weeks later, my wife just like kind of looks over at me and she says, could you book another Bermuda cruise for next year? <laughs> so, you know, who am I to turn down a yellow opportunity? Yep. Um, we did cut it down a little bit from the prior year, though. You know, the first year, we kind of glammed it up on Anthem. We went in the junior suite. We took advantage of the coastal kitchen. We did a specialty dining visit. And, uh, you know, I bought the drink package, all that stuff. And this time, we decided we were going to scale it back a little more, just kind of keep the budget reasonable. So we went down to a regular uh, balcony room. Uh, I skipped on the drink package, we both got the refreshment package, and otherwise just, you know, kept it as simple as possible. Well, it's, I mean, first of all, the there's sometimes you go extravagant, sometimes you don't. And I think a lot of that has to do with the price, right? It, what makes sense? People often ask me, you know, oh, you know, what room do you usually book? Or, you know, uh, you know what, what's your kind of cruising style? And, and to Joe's point, which is a great example of that, it really depends on what you're seeing in front of you. And you know that Bermuda is so beautiful that and there's so much to do there that you know your room is kind of secondary in that regard because you're spending so much time off the ship uh, in bermuda bermuda is the is the destination and really i think the focal point of, of any kind of cruise there more so than other um I, uh, cruises maybe like to the caribbean yeah and plus you know sailing in october 
out of New Jersey, like that first day and the last day, they're cold, mm. or at least they can be. So it, it's a lot harder to take advantage of, uh, you know, a balcony or, or a suite or anything like that. Yeah. And, and I do like, by the way, it's funny you mentioned when your wife was like, how about that cruise Bermuda? And I know that this is this is husband talk right here. The second it gets brought, a cruise gets brought up, a potential cruise gets brought up in a conversation, and there is the slightest chance that they're in, that your spouse is interested in it immediately. Okay, yeah, that it's booked, it's done. It's uh, <laughs> yep. you got you to act on that while the while the while the iron is hot. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I should say, like, one of our other goals with this uh, second trip was to try and enjoy the ship a bit more than we did the last time. You know, like, you know, the, that last time, it was our first time on Anthem. We were kind of overwhelmed by how much is available on the ship. And this time, since we knew what was there, we knew what we wanted to try and focus on. So, like, you know, spending time in the solarium, doing some of the free activities like trivia for the first time, and maybe some other things. Um, unfortunately that kind of had a bit of a kibosh put on it because about two weeks before we went out uh, i hurt my foot and oh. like like um without going into any kind of detail just i got a wound on my foot that basically meant no going in water of any sort i couldn't go in the ocean i couldn't go in the pools i couldn't do anything i basically had to sit around as much as possible Try and keep my foot elevated and uh, keep the walking to a minimum, which on a ship the size of Anthem is not easy. No, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, any cruise, I mean, aquatic adventure is pretty much the name of the game. I mean, maybe Alaska, it's not mm -hmm. as important because there's not as much, you know, swimming involved perhaps, but, um, you know, Bermuda or not, Joe, I would say that's, you know, obviously going to be a bit of a hindrance on any cruise because, let's face it, so much of the activities do involve being outdoors. Uh, being in the water, whether it's in the pool, solarium, uh, shore excursions that you're doing, it's especially the Caribbean. I mean, it's just so they they go hand in hand. Yep, yep. Although there, that is one of the nice things about Bermuda is that with the overnight you get on that trip, there's no actual need to buy an excursion. You can just go out and wing it, and just you know find whatever works for you with your circumstances, and you know, take advantage of the public transportation, the ferries, all that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, you, you you started off not on the best note there, but uh, I'm hoping that this wasn't the. I'm serious. As you came to talk about this cruise, this wasn't the uh, worst cruise you've ever taken. Oh no, no. Um, you know, the, the the first day it started off like any other per, uh, any other cruise. You know, we uh, had a nice quick embarkation. We got there uh, first thing in the morning, like you used to be able to do, and. Uh, you know, had a, had a little bit of time sitting around waiting for them to start boarding people, but then got on fast. Um, the weather was actually mild that day, so we got even got to eat outdoors. Um, for anybody not aware, like Anthem has a really nice uh, outdoor section at the very after the ship when you're in the windjammer. Just, uh, you know, walk all the way back. There's some sliding glass doors, and they've got table seating for about, like, I don't know, 40, 50 people. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my favorite things about the quantum class, also the radiance class as well. So if you're, regardless if it's embarkation day or anytime you're in the wind jamer, yeah, the, my one of my best tips is exactly what Joe just said: grab your food and then just keep walking, go all the way to the back, and there's this great outdoor section. For the first couple of days, most people have no idea it exists, and uh, even if they do know it exists, people are just lazy and don't want to walk all the way back there. But it's fantastic, uh, great views, and um, it's it's probably I think the best way to to enjoy your, your Windjamere food is if you can sit out there. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's just like 
you know, apart from that, the, the first day was just, you know, pretty good. Um, I, I made a little bit of a goof on my Wi-Fi purchase. Um, I wound up, I thought I bought Surf and Stream and then caught a sale that dropped the price down another couple bucks. And it turned out I switched over from Surf and Stream to Surf. So I saved $5 and had to spend 50. So you know, the cruise had a little bit of a bump in the beginning there, but, uh, you know, but an offset, a very nice offset. Um, that first night, um, are you familiar with the name Joyce Quo? I don't think so. He is the lead guitarist for the We Will Rock You show on Anthem. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had apparently just begun doing acoustic sets in the scooter bar. Oh. So, so that first night before dinner, I actually got to go up and see her perform up close and personal, uh, just on her acoustic guitar, singing a bunch of covers. And I even got to spend some time afterward just chatting with her, talking about her career and you know how she got started, how she got the job with We Will Rock You. Um, just really nice person down to earth and uh, had no problem with just you know, talking with the passengers, even though she had like another gig to get to in like, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> the uh, I'll, I'll tell you, one of my favorite events, uh, so, so very similar to what you're referring to there, The um, there's usually an event on the seven night cruises among the on cruise ships that have a Broadway show like Anthem does. Uh, and I, it's a West End show. I know. Send your emails to uh, to, to Joe instead of me. But um, <laughs> but um, but I wanted to say that on on the again on those type of sailings, there's usually towards the end of the cruise a a, 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 a it'll just it'll be a piano event where in the schooner bar the direct the musical director or whatever their title is will perform there. But what it really is is an opportunity for all the cast to come out. And they, this is their time off, so they don't have to do this. They're not paid to do this also. But they kind of come out there, and they just sing their favorite show tunes while the musical director uh, performs, plays the play, plays it on the piano there. And it is such a fantastic event. And I, I think to that point, though, when you get to also see them just, you know, without the, the cast is great as well. But um, I love having a little variation in those events. And obviously, the, uh, the those type of piano melodies, uh, there are the, the, the I think you said it was maybe acoustic here, but regardless, mm-hmm. I love that kind of um, that that kind of a little little different. But you get a little taste of some of the great talent that these people have; these these crew members have. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, so yep. Yes, please. So, yep. Yeah. So you know, first day wraps up. It's you know just a nice normal day, um, and we go into our first sea day, and you know by this point. It's a lot better. The weather has gotten nice and warm. We're able to enjoy the outdoors of the ship. Um, my wife and I played bingo for the very first time. Uh, we lost, but it was still fun. Um, <laughs> we, we did learn it's not just for old people, which is always a you know nice thing to discover. Uh, a lot of surprisingly, a lot of young people in in that group. Like you know, by young, I mean like we saw a lot of people who were in their like mid twenties who were taking part in this. Yeah, having a, having a grand old time with everybody. Um, it is. It is not a bingo. It, it is not your Saturday night bingo hall crowd. Yeah, definitely not. And after that wrapped up, it was it was getting close to lunchtime. So my wife and I kind of decided we were going to do our own thing for a little bit. So I wandered off to the uh, after the ship on the top decks and went to the Cplex to check out the doghouse. Uh, I never got a chance to try them on our last anthem sailing. 
And so, you know, I go back there and there's barely any line at all. And I get a, get myself a couple of sausages. You know, it's, it's not just hot dogs. Um, you know, they have German sausages, smokehouse sausages, Coney Island Franks, all those kind of things. And you know, I grab my food, go back to the table and sit down and I'm enjoying my smokehouse sausage. And I get towards the end of it and my feet clamp down on something really hard. And, you know, I've had sausage before. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I just got an unusual big hunk of bone. It's sausage. You know what they say about that. You know, if, if you like it, don't think about how it gets made. <laughs> um, and I spat it out and discovered it wasn't a piece of bone. It was a pea-sized piece of metal oh that clearly broke off from, you know, whatever machinery in the packing plant made that particular piece of sausage. Um, and that kind of a real killer on, on my day at that point. I mean, you know, I, I was I was feeling uncomfortable through a chunk of that day already because of my foot, and I was just kind of looking forward to some you know food options here to pick up my mood. And then this happens, and I was like, "Oh, you have got to be kidding me here!" <laughs> um, nice. I, I did, you know, I, so I, I did take it over to the crew who were working at the doghouse, and I said to them, "Guys, just so you know, this was in the middle of my sausage." Um, you really ought to think about maybe pulling off all the rest of those smokehouse sausages you've got and reporting this to whoever your superior officer is, because this is a potential problem here if you've got any more like this. Yep. Um, they were really apologetic, you know, just step tripping over themselves to apologize to me. I mean, you know, they, but, you know not really anything they can do. I mean, it's just it's something that happens. Um, Needless to say, I kind of lost my appetite after that, so I left one of the sausages on the table. Um, I went outside and just kind of tried to get myself out of the mood that that little incident put me into. You know, I just had to, had to say to myself, okay, this really wasn't any kind of like a really bad thing. You know, it's, you know, at least, you know, I didn't break a tooth. I didn't have any, like, you know, it wasn't some kind of sharp piece of metal. And that got me thinking, wait a minute. What if there are other sausages like this and there is a sharper piece of metal in there or something where somebody could break a tooth? I probably should like go to guest services and just let them know, hey, this happened because, you know, who knows how, how long it would take for the crew to report it up. Right. So thankfully, I had actually taken a picture of it, uh, you know, of the piece of shrapnel before I returned it to the guys because I wanted to show it to my kids and tell them just how metal their dad was. <laughs> And uh, so I go up to guest services and um, what do you call it? So I, you know, I get up there and I'm on the line and there's actually a senior officer who is going down the line basically for triage, uh, finding the easy to resolve cases that she could take care of herself. And she gets up to me and I show her the picture and tell her what happened. And I'm not kidding when I tell you that she visibly paled and her eyes went wide. Like, this was not something she wanted to hear on the first sea day of cruise. Um, she thanks me immediately um, for telling her, as well as the crew at the doghouse, because she was going to actually put in a formal report on their records that would go to upper management. And uh, she pulled me aside to one of the desks and, you know, put in her personal code, told me they'd be taking it up with their supplier. And... 
that was kind of it, you know, like th there wasn't any indication that anything more would be happening and I really wasn't looking for anything, you know, I, I did not make a fuss, didn't make any kind of, you know, didn't raise my voice, anything like that. And I, honestly, I just wanted to get back to my vacation at that point. So, you know, went back out in the sun, enjoyed my day. And a few hours later, things started happening. Uh, you know, met my wife back in our room after a couple of hours. And not long after I got there, knock on the door. And we have a bottle of champagne delivered on ice to our room with a nice little apology card. Uh, interestingly, addressed from the uh, the Johnny Rockets team. So apparently the, the doghouse is run under Johnny Rockets, or, or at least that branch of the crew. Interesting. It's the uh, hot dog mafia, I guess. They own the entire uh, hot dog vertical on that ship. It's something like that, yeah. <laughs> That's still a very, very nice gesture. Absolutely. I love yeah, it. It is. It is. Um, uh, you know, Unfortunately, you know, for my wife and I, we don't drink champagne. It just we, we don't react well to it. But mm -hmm. it was actually really nice of them to give it to us because uh, my brother had just gotten engaged a couple of weeks earlier. So we now had a nice little congratulations gift to give him when we got back. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so you know, we were like, okay, yeah, that was that was really nice. Thank you. They they followed up the apology. Very nice. You know, and then we kind of thought that was going to be the end of it. And then we're getting ready for dinner. And our room phone rings, and I pick it up, and I'm told that, hi, this is the Windjammer manager. My name is Marat. I wanted to talk to you about the incident that happened today. And I get another really big apology and another thank you for reporting it. Uh, he reassured me that not only were they speaking to the supplier about what had happened, they were also going to be speaking to the QC team that picks up the shipment to make sure that they do more thorough inspections uh, before they bring these things onto the ship. Um, and then he kicked it up a notch. He offered us a complimentary dinner in any specialty venue of our choice on the ship. Wow. Yeah. Um, he initially was offering it for that night, uh, but we already had our you know dinner and, and entertainment plan for the night. We couldn't really suddenly go to a specialty venue. Uh, so he, you know, when I asked him, can we put it off for a different night? He said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Just, you know, um, I will send you my card so you can get a call when you make up your mind. And, uh, with that, we hung up and 10 minutes later, I get another knock on my door and there's a business card attached to a box of LaBelle chocolates. So we've now gotten a bottle of champagne, a complimentary dinner and a bottle of Belgian chocolates. Uh, I mean, listen, first of all, uh, you know, nobody should have to deal with, uh, you know, the that, that piece of shrapnel, as you called it, you know, in the food uh, that not that it's real. It's fun. I mean, they came out of the, it's in the dog or the sausage. Mm -hmm. It comes from the factory. You know, it's we're not going to get in a whole discussion about the uh, health protocols of food safety and, and oh, all yeah. that. But but it is. Oh, I, I absolutely love hearing that Royal not only tries to do the right thing, but you know, make it to the point where it's like, okay, guys, like I've forgotten about it. You should do like, it's like, it's that overwhelming amount of care and concern that at yep. the end of the day, that does go, it, it means a lot. It goes a long way. And it's part of why um, every time I hear about this, it just makes me feel better about, you know, I, I think the fact that, you know, we do choose to cruise with Royal Caribbean a lot. Yeah. So, you know, so we get this and, you know, my wife and I talk it over and we decide we're going to go to Jamie's Italian on night four. 
So I call him up, we get that all arranged. And he offers one more thing. Would you like a complimentary bottle of wine when you go to dinner at the main dining room tonight? Which I politely turned down because I'd actually already brought my two complimentary bottles of wine with me uh, when I boarded the ship. And uh, the second one was ready to be opened. Uh, and, and just, it, was, it really was getting to be overwhelming at that point. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if I had asked, I could have gotten a bottle of just about anything I wanted, including a like $60 bottle of red that I had at the Hotline Chef's table back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was just, no, no, thank you, please. You know, you've done so much already. I really appreciate it, but it, it's really, you, you've, you've really gone above and beyond. So, you know, we, we've left it at that, and, you know, we go to dinner, and I still ended up with a really nice surprise at the end because um, what, one of my traditions after dinner when I'm on the ship is um, I get an, a Bailey's on the rocks as an after-dinner drink, but I have them throw a shot of uh, espresso into it, so it, like, wakes me up a bit, lets me keep going a bit longer through the night. Just, you know, I'm 50, otherwise I go to bed at 10.30. Absolutely. And uh, it wound up, um, like... You know, days later, as we're wrapping up the cruise, I'm going to my folio. They never charged me. So I guess that, that even though I declined the bottle of wine, uh, Marat still put in an instruction to the main dining room staff saying, if this guy orders anything tonight, alcoholic, no charge. Wow. That's, uh, I, I love that. That's, that's great. I mean, wow. That, that's that, talk about going above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really was fantastic. And I mean, it just it lifted our mood so much. I mean, you know, my wife and I were joking with everybody after that. How, like, you know, we were like, well, what's, what's going to be next? Are they going to comp us our room? Are they going to move us up into the presidential suite? I mean, come on. Yeah, right. That would be, it, it almost makes you think at that point. And again, this goes back to like, you know, it, it's just, it, it's very nice to see, but it almost becomes at a point like, okay, you know, like it's, uh, let, let's calm down here a little bit. But my goodness, that's a, Listen, it started off that great. Definitely made up for it. Love hearing that. So, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the cruise was just, you know, a, it, it took what could have been a uh, garden variety, low level, uh, and for me, slightly frustrating cruise because of the issues I was dealing with with my foot at the time and really lifted it up for me. You know, I mean, you know, it was spent a, our third and fourth day in Bermuda and, you know, we saw what we could, but I was limited in how much I could get around. But I still looked forward to going back to the ship. We got to enjoy Jamie's Italian that fourth night. Oh my God, that truffle tagliatelle is so good. Yes, yeah. The the the. I mean, truffle anything is always going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, oh gosh, I love Jamie's Italian. I could go for it right now. Yeah, we we, we also had those uh, arancini that they serve that also have like the truffle shavings on them. Oh God, I was in heaven. <laughs> you know, my, my, my only complaint about Jamie's, and it's because I'm, you know, born and bred Italian, is uh, what they call garlic bread, I would not call garlic bread in a million years, especially when one of the ingredients listed is buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and Jamie's, and I think if, if Jamie Oliver was here, he would probably tell you that this is not traditional Italian. It's his oh, take yeah, on it. Not. But, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I, I Listen, there are certain foods that, I think we all have those certain foods where like, to, in, in our opinion, that you can't compromise, you can't change. There is no nouveau, whatever version of it just doesn't fly. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, there, I could certainly rattle off some foods there. So I know exactly where you're coming from, Joe. Yep. 
And, you know, I guess I have to say, even though our meal was complimentary, our server, Fouad, was top-notch. You know, he was just so attentive the whole time, constantly checking on us to make sure we were enjoying the meal, if there was anything else that we wanted to, you know, get as far as, like, desserts, or if we wanted to try anything else. Um, made very sure to uh, leave, a, leave a tip for him, uh, you know, charge to the room card, because... Uh, I just have to assume that when it's a complimentary meal like that, they don't see anything, and it's just kind of on them to do a good job and just you know, part of the work. Absolutely. And I, and, and I just wanted him to know that uh, you know it was still really appreciated how much uh, he put in to make our meal good. Awesome. So, uh, so, you, so far, despite the start, you've had amazing food. We're not even reviewing yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually kind of skipped over Bermuda. So, <clears throat> yeah, Bermuda was, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it was a mix of enjoyment and frustration. You know, the, the, our first day there, our game plan had been to go into Hamilton, uh, pick out the botanical garden, and then try and go to the aquarium. And just leave it at that. You know, figuring we'll take the buses, uh, we won't have to, you know, be walking around too much. We'll, you know, th this is where doing your homework about your destination port is kind of important because um, there were two things that I didn't realize or hadn't considered. Um, the Botanical Garden, while it is along the bus route, is not at the bus stop. You actually have to kind of walk around uh, the hospital that's right there. And then you get into the trails that go into the Botanical Garden and the various exhibits. So. I'm already having to hook it a little bit uh, more than I was planning to. Uh, but the bigger thing that happened was that um, just a couple of weeks earlier, a hurricane had hit Bermuda. And I never thought to check, did it damage the botanical garden? And a point of fact, it ruined this. Um, all the plants, their flowers were stripped bare. A lot of, a lot of the trees, their leaves were stripped bare. Um, so it wound up being a very plain-looking place to go visit. So, you know, still some interesting things to see. I got a couple of interesting pictures, but uh, not at all what I had been expecting. And if I had done my homework ahead of time, I would have realized, let's just skip this and go straight to the aquarium. Um, and then the aquarium itself wound up being, being skipped because by the time we walked back from the botanical garden, got the bus back to... Uh, the depot in Hamilton, where we would then have to board another bus to get to the aquarium, my foot was howling at me enough of the knock, you got to get back to the ship. So it, it just wound up being kind of a, a short day for us. Uh, we did have a good uh, ending to the day, though, because of the sunset catamaran sailing that was really fun. Um, you know, it, it was not through the ship. I actually booked it through our uh, service Viator. I, I think that's how you pronounce it, but Viator, Viator. And uh, it was like a 90-minute catamaran sailing that left from the dockyard where the ships are docked. Uh, you are drinking rum swizzles the entire time, so you're guaranteed to be in a good mood. <laughs> and uh, also very good painkillers, by the way. Not, not an official painkiller like the drink, but still quite effective. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, it was not the most spectacular sunset uh, that I've experienced because uh, there was a lot of overcast that day, but still some really striking photographs that I was able to get and just generally enjoying the night. Um, and I got to see the ship at night, which I've never done. 
You know, like we even, um, after we got back to the ship that night, we made a point of going up to uh, the North Star before we went to dinner and took a ride up. And just the way the ship looks in the dark with all the pool deck lights on is just really amazing. Oh, yes. They definitely, uh, I think, I don't know. If, oh, well, I'm assuming that it's a concerted effort, but the I, I think the the look of the ships at night with when the lights come, especially at dusk, my goodness, does it look beautiful with those on there. And it's tough in a lot of cases to actually see your ship at night without being on board the ship. I mean, being on board is great too. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, because of uh, most port calls are during the daytime, um, you, you're kind of limited in that. And, and that goes actually to something, Joe, I wanted to talk about because I get this question all the time about if your cruise ship is in a port overnight, like it is in Bermuda, you know, mm -hmm. how does that work? Is there a curfew or are you, how do you get on and off the ship? And uh, I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. There is no curfew. There's no all aboard time when you have to be back. And uh, you can uh, exit and board the ship anytime you like. I mean, I mean now in Bermuda, Pretty much everything except for, say, the restaurants and bars in Hamilton shuts down at 5 o'clock. And that includes uh, the mass transit, which closes at 6 or, or 6.30. So while you can do a late night in Hamilton if you want, you're going to be on your own as far as, like, finding a taxi or something to get yourself back. But it's certainly an option. Um, you know, there are also uh, some dining establishments like the Frog and Onion Pub in the Royal Navy Dockyard. So you could... You know, have dinner out over there, still be in the dockyard complex, and then just walk back to the ship. Um, and because uh, there is no need for uh, worrying about getting back to the ship at a particular time, uh, Bermuda is one of those destinations where you actually do not have to do any kind of a ship-hosted excursion whatsoever, unless there's something they offer that uh, you really want to do, and you you know spent three hours scouring the internet and you can't find the comparable activity anywhere else um and, and even then quite honestly you could probably just go on and do it on your own uh bermuda sells a uh all-day commuter pass for i think it's 30 or 35 dollars that gives you full access to the pink bus and the ferry lines and very easy to get around on your own and it's also a nice chance to just you know talk with the locals you know, meet uh, some of the people who make that their home and you know, find out what it's like you know, to live there, grow up there. Yeah, the Bermuda is one of the few. I'm trying to think of it's another place in the, in the Caribbean that I would. I know Bermuda's not in the Caribbean, but go with me on this, guys. Um, <laughs> send your emails to, yeah. Um, uh, it's one of the few places that I can think of where public transportation is the preferred route as opposed to taxis um, or, or some other more personalized because taxes are so expensive in Bermuda. And mm -hmm. um, as, as Joe said, I agree hundred percent during the daytime, absolutely no problem using mass transportation, but at, at night, yeah, it all shuts down. So you're reliant on taxis and then you'll clearly real then realize, Oh, that's why I'm not supposed to go on the taxi. It's just, the price is, is it's not like, in, you know, you can do it for like, you know, one night and just have a night out, which is fun to do, but keep that in mind because that, that bus pass, which is really affordable, really easy to use and makes a whole lot of sense, uh, will not work after a certain time. So, uh, and that also goes for the, uh, for the ferry as well, uh, depending on which one you're, you're talking about, because there are a couple of different ferry options, but make sure you have that schedule in mind when you're planning all these things out. You can get the schedules for the buses and the ferries 
uh, from the uh, Bermuda Tourism webpage. They have all that information available, so you can kind of time that out. I mean, the bottom line is you'll have an opportunity. There, there'll be taxis. Someone will get you home in, in that regard. But from a budgetary standpoint, keep that in mind because I got to I got to tell you, Joe. If I'm doing if my ship is doing an overnight. I am definitely getting off the ship. Like I, I want to do something in the, at night, something to take advantage mm -hmm. of it and not just be a different scenery while I'm on back on board the ship. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So did so, the, so did Bermuda live up to, I, I know you had your foot issues there, but did the, did Bermuda live up to the, to your expectations after that first great time you were there? Uh, very much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, we actually on our second day there, we did our second trip to Horseshoe Bay and, uh, you know, we, we had learned lessons from the first time there, the, the most important one being get there as early as you can because you'll be ahead of all the crowns. And when you do get there, walk as far down the beach as they will allow you to go with the uh, monitors and umbrellas because the beach around you will stay nice and open with relaxing views pretty much until you want to leave at like one or two in the afternoon to get back to your ship. Um, it, it was, you know, every bit as great as I remember uh, you know, that, that first day, even though there were the difficulties, uh, you know, like I said, it still was, you know, fantastic experience. Just the people are just so friendly, so nice. You know, they, you know, people saw me limping and they were asking, are you okay? And just, you know, I mean, you know, without a doubt, we're going to go back there a third time whenever moving resumes again. And uh, Bermuda opens its borders up, not just to uh, air travel, but uh, ships as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, it's it's a fantastic place. It's worthy of going back to. Horseshoe Bay is amazing. That's that pink sand beach. We went there mm -hmm. uh, in 2019 as well, and uh, it was it was a great spot. Um, it's it's pricey. I mean, the <laughs> boy, I never thought I'd pay so much for for beach chairs, but uh, it was <laughs> worth it. It's just it's just you know, at the end of the day, you're on vacation. Whatever it is, what it is. But I will mm -hmm. tell you, Joe, that I absolutely loved my time there, and. Um, I, I really want to do an overnight because we did that. We, when we went to Bermuda last time. It was simply a one day stop, but I, I did Bermuda overnight. Actually had two nights, which was amazing. Uh, that was actually, wasn't on Royal Caribbean, believe it or not. Anyway, uh, that was really great. So I would love to be able to do the overnights again. And unfortunately part of the canceled cruises was Empress of the Seas. Did you see this one, Joe? They were doing I did. Oh, the one that, God. Uh, was like island hopping within the island. Yep. Oh, God, I, w I would have loved to go on that. Yeah, because you actually dock in Hamilton, stay there overnight. And then like during that day after the overnight, the ship moves itself around to St. George's. And I mean, you know, that, that's one where it's like, OK, you know, you, so you get three days on the island when the ship is busy repositioning itself from Hamilton to St. George's. You could just wander the island all day and just know that, OK, at the end of the day, I'm going to St. George's, not you know Hamilton or or the dockyard. Yeah. Although I'll be perfectly honest, the sight of my cruise ship leaving dock, even though I know it's moving up like 50 miles up the island, that would still give me some <laughs> such anxiety. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Something's wrong here. Yeah, but I still want to do that itinerary at some point uh, if, it, if it ever comes back. Or, uh, you know, if it doesn't, Celebrity has a very similar kind of uh, sailing out of New Jersey. On, uh, currently, it's on the summit. I don't know if they'll swap out another ship at some point. Uh, that not only goes to Bermuda, but also goes to uh, either North Carolina. Uh, I'm sorry, not North Carolina. Um, Charleston, South Carolina, or it goes up north to uh, Rhode Island, uh, Newport. 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's, there's some, that's what's great about Royal. So many different itineraries, so many different things to do. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. It's it's nice having those that kind of variety. So, um, you know, just because you've done a Bermuda cruise, just because you've done this any other type of itinerary, don't assume that's the only game in town. That it's exactly the same, even if it is, it's still fun. But you know, there's always yeah. opportunities there to get something a little bit different, and and it's so cool. Yeah, and you know, from talking with our uh, table mates at dinner each night, I learned that there are a whole bunch of other beaches that. We haven't even looked at yet on Bermuda. I mean, there's uh, there's Elbow Beach, um, a couple other ones. I'm trying to remember the names of them, but I'm just blanking right now. And so it's just like, you know, I think you go there ten times and still see something new every single time you go. Oh heck yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's a fun. It, it just it adds. So, there's so much variety. That's what's great about a place like Bermuda. It is not just. I've been to Bermuda. That's it. I don't have to go back. And there are some places that are mm-hmm. like that. Bermuda is not one of them. And uh, yeah, definitely something to do. And the nice thing about Bermuda is you can go from you go to Bermuda from you know uh, cruises out of uh, Cape Liberty in, in Bay of New Jersey. You can go to you can go either out of uh, sometimes in Boston as well as of course in uh, Baltimore, Maryland as well. So uh, for folks that have the opportunity to be able to go on a cruise in the Northeast, you know, especially those people who can drive there, my goodness, it's it's a, it's a credible opportunity. Yep. Yeah, no, no doubt. Cool. Well, uh, Joe, I really appreciate you uh, joining me here on the podcast to talk about your cruise experience. And I'm so glad to hear that not only did Royal do right by you, but more importantly, you had a great cruise and uh, and, and a fantastic second visit to Bermuda. And it sounds like you're uh, eyeing number three. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about that at some point. All right. Thanks a bunch, Matt. It's been good talking to you.